0: Hello and thank you for joining us with Mr. Carlson's class, The Most Amazing Books podcast. At this podcast, we'll be reading children's books to your kids from our seventh and eighth grade drama students. We hope you enjoy, and as always, all credit is given to our authors of these amazing books. Thank you, have a great day. My name is Vivian and I'll be reading One Placey. There are desert hillsides where ancient Indian pottery still lies, half buried in the sand, and lizards flink at other dusty lizards that were painted on those pots a thousand years ago. Now, Indian children make a game of searching for bits of clay that would want somebody's bowl, or mug, or cooking pot, or dipper. Their parents look at what they find and tell them, Remember, treat it with respect. It is so old. They say that every piece of clay is a piece of someone's life. They even say it has its own small voice and it sings in its own way. So the children touch the pieces carefully as they kneel there in the hot, dry sand, listening for whatever voice a broken pot might use. A windy voice, a sandy voice, a voice like a, bir- a far bird's cry. Sometimes, if they look long enough, and if they are lucky enough, they can fit four or five pieces together, the way you do a jigsaw puzzle. Then, suddenly, they see a perky, wide eyed bird look up at them, surprised. Maybe the bowl with the bird was dropped by some other Indian child who chased a rabbit near the same rocks then. When they find a bowl that isn't broken, the children can pretend they've just eaten from it and that they're sitting by some campfire on a piercing blanket and it's then, not now. And they speak an older language, but they don't need to, words to know that there are speckled bugs and spotted bugs and bugs with shining wings and pinchy bugs, and jumpy bugs, and bugs that had a thousand legs that led to walk through grass. They know the molding of a lump of clay has always been a slow and gentle work. No hurrying, no rushing. Hands that shape the earth this way have time to know the cool touch of the sand. Woman then must have spoken to the earth as they took its to clay. They must have sung special songs, for shaping the bowl, for polishing it, for baking it, so it would be strong enough to last long after the track was gone. Once somebody sitting on the ground outside a high, cold cliff house thought, I'll make this bowl pretty as I can. Then she painted what she liked the most, stars and moon and sun and whirlwinds. Was the sun shining as she worked? Were her own brown naked children playing near? Was there a skinny dog? Was the smell of cooking in the air? Did a man come back from hunting and shake his head? And on another day, did she paint that hunter too? Sometimes children may have said, but in that other language, Mama, make a bowl with pictures of big animals for me, big, fierce creatures that I'll hunt someday. So she drew mountain lions and wild cats, even a man wrestling a bear, or is it a bear wrestling a man? The colors are still bright, reds as deep as sandstone cliffs, Browns and tans, this shade of desert earth, and black and white, shiny as stones, polished by water in high mountain streams. There were a thousand shapes to draw, horned toads and lizards, butterflies, turtles, and beautiful leaping fish. And deer and mountain goats and amahope that flashed across these canyons, always faster than the boys who knew their trails and followed them among the rocks. They even drew the scariest things they could think of. Calling them monsters, calling them night spirits, call them anything. Children make them up today, and they still have the same scary look in their eyes. Many a child must have eaten rabbit stew for supper out of holes with rabbits painted on them. Here's a hunter who used to find Long neck for catching rabbits, but what rabbit couldn't jump through that hole in the dish? This child was sick, and they called the medicine man to cure him. What magic is he using? What special chants and dances and whispered words and feather words may have helped a boy get well again? And did medicine made from dry roots and flowers and wild yellow grasses taste like pink medicine tastes now? Indians who find this pottery today say that everything has its own spirit, even a broken pot. They say the clay remembers the hands that made it. Does it remember the cornfields, too, and the summer rains, and the ceremonies that held life together? Here are the masks and the costumes, and the great dancing figures. Here is the flute player, bent low, over, playing a song. Songs had to be powerful enough to make rain fall, and winds blow, and seeds sprout in the dark earth. Songs had to be powerful enough to keep warriors safe, and lead the hunter to the deer, and make summer always follow winter, and hold the sun in its proper path across the sky. And keep life moving from tribe to tribe. They say that even now the wind sometimes finds one of those stones still in the clay, and it lifts it out and carries it down the canyon and across the hills. It is a small sound and always far away, but they say sometimes they hear it. Sure. Thank you for listening to Mr. Carlson's class and the most amazing books podcast.